Advancements in technology, shifting markets, and the gig economy are changing the nature of work. With this in mind, Harvard Business School Executive Education is launching a new program on managing the future of work. Based on the latest research into the forces reshaping workforce demographics, this program is designed to help employers remain competitive by thinking strategically about today's evolving business landscape. Learn more by clicking the banner or visiting hbs.me slash future. That's hbs.me slash future. Hey guys, Alex here. thing always gets me. I don't even know why I listen to it anymore. Hey guys, Alex here, ajnashville.com. I've got my great friend Doug Cook getting ready to join us. He should be logging in any minute now. Um, Doug is a 25-year veteran uh, of the United States Army. We're going to talk a little bit about his transition from Army life to uh, normal everyday civilian life and, and the difficulties he may have faced and some of the things he enjoys about it. So give Doug just a minute here. Let's get him drug in. We'll go from there. Mr. Cook. Yes. How are you today, sir? I'm super. How are you? I am fantastic. So we are live here on the show. Um, I've obviously introduced you as my friend, Mr. Doug Cook, 25-year retired veteran from the United States Army, now a loan officer. How's that transition been, buddy? Rough. (laughs) Going from, uh, you know, 25 years of structure and, and discipline to... Uh, total chaos and trying to find my way in the world. It, it's been it's been a struggle, but I'm I'm starting to fit in. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, it yeah. seems like you're doing you're doing pretty good at it. Um, now you have become a loan officer, and your mission is to help serve other veterans like you. Um, do you find a connection with that, being the fact that you're working with a lot of other veterans, or? Is it because it's a totally different type of field that you feel some separation, or tell me about that a little bit? Well, when I, you know, when I separated, I, I you know, I was successful in the military as far as you know, um, rising in the ranks and, and and responsibilities and stuff. And to separate from the military and go from being, you know, a senior non-commissioned officer and you know, in charge of combat troops to nothing overnight, you know, it was it was rough. And so I wanted to be able to initially say that, you know, I was I can be successful in the civilian world as well. So I totally separated myself from the military for about three months and I was miserable. There was there was something missing in my life. And so um once I you know, I had I had people tell me, you know, you need to embrace the VA loan program and all this other stuff and I said, Well, you know, that's that's me falling back into the same old thing. I wanted to be different. Until I uh until I reprogram my brain to realize that by embracing the VA loan program and working with veterans, um, you know, I realized that the thing that I was missing was I took care of troops for so long and um, that's what was missing. And so by embracing the VA loan and it kind of digging deep into it and being involved and, and being a VA resource, um, that's, you know, that's where I'm getting the fulfillment. And, and not only with the VA loan program, just being a, a, a VA a veterans resource or service members resource when you when you separate from the 
go ahead. No, 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 you're fine. You're fine. No, I was just going to say, when you separate from the, the military, you know, if you're active duty, you go to what's called TAPS class, and that's a transition assistance program. And that's about, you know, three days of a transition to prepare you for the civilian world. And, you know, there's two and a half days of resume building and, and interview practice and, you know, four hours of benefit. So our, our veterans, our service members, they're not adequately trained or prepared for and they don't even know what benefits they have available to them. So I've kind of taken on that role of trying to be a resource to help them where I really didn't have the help myself. Gotcha. So now you've kind of, um, you're out of the military. You've, you've become a loan officer, which I don't know why you would decide to become a loan officer after all those years of service because being a loan officer isn't everything it's cracked up to be. But the person that sold you to that idea, I'd like to meet that person because they're brilliant. But anyways, all joking aside, um, now you're a uh, a member of a motorcycle club that also does some things with veterans, right? I am. Yep, I'm a member of um, the Patriots MC, and you know we're we're primarily made well, we are made up of former military and first responders, whether it's you know police, firemen, para, you know rescue. EMTs, stuff like that. And so, and we do a lot of fundraising for each one of those organizations. A couple of years ago, we, we raised eleven thousand dollars to provide a a track wheelchair for a a veteran that suffered a traumatic brain injury in Afghanistan. Last year, our funds went to support the local search and rescue. And then this next year is, and I'm really excited because I'm the I'm the chair person that's in charge of it, we're doing our poker run and fundraiser, and it's the, um, what we're doing is we're, we're not raffling, it's a drawing, you pay 10 bucks for a ticket, and we've got three $15,000 lifetime memberships to Front Sight there in Henderson, Nevada, and it's, you know, you can transfer it, whatever, but all the proceeds are going to go to the Southern Utah Veterans Home. So I'm really excited that's awesome. about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So either way, you're finding a way to give back. I know you said the transition was difficult, but Doug, I've I've hung out with you a million times and well, not a million, but I wish it was a million. But you know, one thing <laughs> that I think that people believe uh when it comes to veterans, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I was talking to a guy the other day, he's he runs a, a group called uh, Veterans of Adventure Group. One of the things he was saying mm-hmm. is a lot of people in society view veterans almost as if they're broken, like they got out of the military and they were deployed and, you know, they're just broken. Do you feel like in society you're treated different, not in a positive way, but maybe in a negative way since you are a veteran that I'm sure have seen combat duty? Um, you know, I I don't view it that way. You know, there there's – if you ask veterans, they might even tell you that they they feel that like they're broken. Um, and there's different different levels of broken, right? There's the broken you can see, and there's the broken you can't see. So, I mean, that's kind of a hard hard question. I don't um, I don't I don't feel like society has treated me any different. If anything, um, I think that for the most part, people are very appreciative. It, it, it's really hard because when you go in the military, especially active duty, you know, you're, you're indoctrinated and 
And uh, we we believe we're the, the flat out when you strip everything down. We believe that we're fighting to protect our way of life and protect our families at home. Um, Amen. You go over there and fight and, and stuff, and then you come back here and you know there's all this riffraff in the media and negativity and everything, and it, and it makes you feel like, oh man, was I really willing to die for that? And so it's kind of a right. mind game. Yeah. Right. So I don't know if that answers the so, question, but yeah. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. So, you you're a retired veteran of 25 years. So you were basically you were signing up to serve when I was still just a, a little one. I mean, I don't even know if I was quite yeah. born yet. No, I I, I was. But Whoa. um, <laughs> I'm I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. tell me, you know, obviously joining the military and not knowing a whole lot going in, and then being a loan officer. You know, I know you you've reached out to people for help, which is admirable. You know, to have somebody that's got such a hard shell to have them reach out and say, hey, I need a little bit of help with this. Your early years of the military, how could you relate those two to now entering a new path, new career, new lifestyle to how things were when you entered the military life? I mean, I'm sure it's a night and day difference between the two. What do you think the, uh, the similarities or the differences are there? No, I think there's a lot of similarities. I mean, when you join the military, so I joined right after high school, but when, you know, my entire adult life other than the last two years has been in the military structure and everything. But when you first get in, you know, you're a private, you don't know anything. And, right. and they, they break you down. They break down any preconceived notions, um, any habits, stuff like that in order to build you back up the way they want you. So that when you're put in a combat situation, it's almost like you're on autopilot. You don't have time to think, you don't have time to form an opinion you just follow the orders. And so, you know, when I started in the mortgage business, I viewed myself as a private, and I needed people to mold me to, you know, I did my own breaking down of myself um, those first three months. But after that, then I started, I, I knew that I needed to, to structure it the way I was raised in the military, and that's by having someone or uh, multiple people tell me what to do, tell me where to go, tell me, and then as I started to grow, then I learned how to reference. Um, uh-huh. Just tell me where to go. You don't have to tell me what to do. Just tell me where to go to find it, and I'll research it on my own. Um, right. So I don't have to be the expert in everything. I just have to know where to find the answer. Yeah, I think that, so, that shows in the conversations that you and I have had, you know, tell you what to do, you get it done, you get it done on time, you get it done before it's due. You know, there's no question about it that the, the military has played a very structured role in uh, not only your life but your career moving forward. Um, let me ask you this because everybody wants to know, have you ever gotten yourself in so much trouble in the military that you had to vacuum the parking lot? Several times. Hey, if you haven't <laughs> vacuumed the parking lot, you're not living. Right, right. So that's that's not a myth. I, I think I was with you when I saw the meme to that where there's a soldier out there vacuuming the parking lot. It looked like it was plugged in. So that's actually something that's done. So uh, that's incredible, oh, yeah. Doug. I love it. We, uh, so. We've got a lot, of, a lot of ways of punishing slash razzing uh, subordinates in a good way. Awesome. Awesome. So it was just your birthday the other day. Happy birthday. Happy late yeah. birthday, obviously. Um, Thanks, brother. How was it? Was it great or was it 
You know, what did you turn, you know, 26, 27? Yeah, something-ish, something like that-ish. Um, it yeah. sucks having your birthday on a holiday, man. Um, my yeah. birthday was on Halloween. And this year, it was just, God, just like I was a kid. Nobody wanted to come to my party. They they all want to go trick-or-treating, right? So <laughs> I I start, we start giving out hot dogs. Man, my, my patio and driveway was filled. So it was a, it was a good day, um, as good as a birthday could be. Hold up. Yeah. You said you started giving out hot dogs. So... Like, the kids didn't mm-hmm. get candy. They came up, they were like, trick-or-treat, and you're like, here's a hot dog. Yep. There's a condiment. And their parents the were, their, their parents, parents were like, hey, so none of them, so you must live in a relatively small town. Um, It's it's fairly small. We live in a really good neighborhood. Um, Gotcha. You know, it's, it, pretty much everybody knows everybody, at least in our neighborhood. Uh-huh. So it was, we had we had a good time. Well, that makes sense, because I know in my neighborhood, like, if you pass out hot dogs, they'll be like, stop going to the weird mortgage guy's house. You know, stay away from there. So, now, beers, oh, yeah. that's something we we talked about that in my community. You know, after Halloween and trick-or-treating and everything, we decided that we needed to have a couple of stop zones uh, where you were going where people could refill on beers. So, what we're going to have next year oh, yeah. is some houses that will do, like, a cooler next to so the kids get the candy the adults get the beer and we just have a a run to go around so you guys do anything similar to that in your neighborhood uh i live in utah um yeah so yes if we did yeah we'd have keg stops at the end of every street right Um, but just just i gotta clarify these these were these were ballpark franks they weren't that bar s lips and bunghole stuff these were quality dogs. Oh. So these, so when you've made it, you get the ballpark frank. So obviously the mortgage industry is treating you pretty well then, right? Well, you know, sometimes it, it, so I, I'm looking at the, the return on investment. So I kind of had to splurge. Plus it's my birthday, gotcha. man. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you were like, screw those 96 cent, you know, hot dogs. I'm going to get the $3 oh, one. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> You know, that adds up once you feed 20 neighbors. So, um, know. you know, that's a, that's always something to analyze. Um, so did you get any business out of it? Did you did you do like some of these people do and hand out the, the business card, you know, in the trick-or-treat bags with your face on it and everything? I didn't, but it, I did get some business out of it. Um, that's awesome. So being the motor, in the motorcycle club, you know, everybody in my neighborhood knows me because they can hear me coming. And so um, there's a realtor that lives in my neighborhood that, that I had talked to on Facebook in the past, that, but I didn't really know him that well. Mm-hmm. Um, I do now. And we sat and chatted, and, um, yeah, we're going to start doing some business together. That's awesome. That is awesome. All because so of the I mean, at least you, yep, all because of the $3 dogs. You really can't beat that. That's a pretty good ROI. So, right. you know, Doug – I know you have your um, your your slogan or your logo. Um, what is it? It's the Vets Vets, and um, the, the logo actually is thevetsvet.com. 
And so that will that will take people to my my website where they can look up you know mortgage information. But there's also some other VA resources um, in there as well, like uh, the military wallet, um, some other other links to places where you can get military discounts, um, stuff like that. I think the I think I've got some regulations in there also, just because that's what I'm used to. Right, right. So people know what to do. Do you still do PT in the morning? I know that's something that's common amongst a lot of veterans. Uh, Andrew Paul, you see this guy religiously online posting pictures of his watch. Jocko's the same way. Do you still do uh, PT in the morning? I do. I do. I try to do, well, I do some sort of PT every day, whether it's cardio or if it's lifting or, you know, calisthenics. But I, I try to try to keep that, you know, in, in, in our own military version of time blocking, um, mm-hmm. just continuing what, what I, what I was raised doing. Right. Right. So now you've grown up, you, you've done all the military, um, are any of your children, do they plan on joining? Have they joined? Uh, how has that affected kind of your, your future family, so to speak? Um, no, my, I, you know, I never really, you hear a lot of guys push their kids into doing that stuff, and each one of my kids were unique in their own different way, and and I didn't push them, and and they didn't, you know, really show much interest. And so, I'm, you know, my father was in the Air Force, I was in the Army, and and that's kind of where where it ends, at least with my immediate family. Um, you know, it's it, hard being away from at different times on. On different, you know, deployments and stuff. That was that took a toll on my family, but um, life is good right now. Everybody's doing well. Right. Good. Good. I'm glad to hear that. I know you. You had a a, a daughter that went to was it prom? Yeah, it was homecoming. Okay. Homecoming, homecoming. So you had yeah. a daughter that went to that. Tell us that story, man. I, I saw the pictures of that. That was great. But but tell the audience kind of about what happened there. Okay. Well, it was it was up in northern Utah, so it was cold and rainy. And after the football game, um, which they won, by the way, my daughter is kind of, <laughs> she's a leader at her high school, and and uh, of course she's dating one of the the football studs. And so they they were going to go out and they got together for pictures. And so I was able to go and and see that um, because she lives with her mother up up north, so I don't get to see her very often. Um, so we went to where they were taking pictures, and of course I had to take him off to the side and lay down some ground rules. And and my wife got a pretty good photo out of it. Well, I was uh, I had the the hatchet hand going um, just so that he he, could, <laughs> he understood where I was coming from. He's a good kid. They they both you know do well, and um, they're both great kids. Yeah. Now, and you had mentioned that you said that. That he's a smart guy, obviously. You know, if he's he's dating mm-hmm. your daughter, he's going to have some respect for her and everything else. So, you know, that's good to see. Yeah. Whether we like it or not, we're fathers. Our daughters are going to date. We're going to hate it, but you know, it's life. So, right, um, right. You know, we'll just we'll deal with it. And we'll keep moving. So, um, tell me some more about kind of your your experience as a NCO or non commissioned officer is what that stands for, correct? Right. Yeah. Okay, uh, so, you know, go ahead. No, go ahead. You got the floor, man. It's no, all I, on you. I was just gonna, 
I was just going to say, I spent most of my career as a, you know, an NCO, um, you know, uh, ended off as a, as an E7 Sergeant first class, which is a platoon sergeant. So I was in charge of anywhere from, you know, 60 to 100 guys at a time and being combat arms, you know, I was airborne also. So then you got the, there's a lot of risk involved, but there's a lot of reward too. I met some great guys, uh, lost some great guys and, um, yeah, it's just it, being an NCO is just it's a leadership position. Whether you're an instructor, whether you're, you know, a leader of troops, I learned a lot um, about myself and about about soldiers. And uh, yeah, that's that's about it. Gotcha, gotcha. So let me ask you this, Doug, because mm. I feel like there's an interpretation that's different for a lot of people. When somebody comes up to you and shakes your hand and says, thank you for your service, um, what do you feel that means in the eyes of a soldier? What's, what's typically your response to that, and how, how does that impact you when somebody says something like that? Because obviously we're thankful as Americans for people like you, people like the brothers and sisters you stood next to who made the sacrifice to defend this country. But what does that mean to you? Um, it means a lot. It's... it's um usually when someone comes up to me and thanks me for their service, I I make sure that I, you know, shake their hand and tell them thank you for your support because, uh, you, you know, it means a lot. There's a lot of people that that can't join the military, whether it's a, a, a medical problem or something that the, the military doesn't allow in. And so there's a lot of people out there that wish they could have joined or wish that they could um, participate somehow. And sometimes the support is more more important than having, you know, someone there that, that doesn't want to be there. So, you know, it, it means a lot to, to veterans to, to have that, that genuine thanks. Um, right. It's a good thing. Right. Good, good. So, um, I mean, at least you, you get to see people show that support, you know, that the time that was spent there was well spent and the sacrifices that you made uh, were sacrifices right. that were worth it at the end of the day. So, um, how do you like being a loan officer? I know that's one of those crazy questions that can have many, many answers. Um, I know it's stressful as can be, obviously, because I do it myself, but is it something you ever imag- imagined that you'd be doing? No. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not something I ever seen prior to doing it. See me doing it. I, it was, hey, why don't you do this? Okay, I'll try it. Um, I, there's certain things I love about it, and there's certain things I hate about it. I love interacting. I love, I mean, I love where I'm at now. It, it's weird because I don't have any friends here local. They're all on in these networking groups that I've met. I mean, I wouldn't have met you if it hadn't been for Facebook. I wouldn't have met right, right. the people at, at Hancock or, or the people in the in the other networking groups that God, I look forward to seeing them once or twice or three times a year at these events. And, and, uh, you, you know, by meeting them, they're, they're my resources. They're my, they're my, my, um, regulations. So if I have a question, right. there's people across the nation that don't even work with my company that, you know, they don't benefit other benefit from it other than being my friend and watching me progress. And in the reverse, you know, if they have a question about the military or dealing, not dealing, but, but interacting with a, a veteran or where to find a veteran resource, they come to me. And it's, I mean, that's, 
that's huge to me. I have to I have to go home at the end of the day and look at myself in the mirror and say, you know what, you made a difference. Or, you know, sometimes you you, you look and did I make a difference? And you just have to you have to keep that positive attitude if you want to continue in it. Um, I'm still fresh in it. I think I, I'm more productive now than I you know have been. And yeah, it's only been two years, but um, I, I never would have thought that I could make as much money and make such a difference in people's lives. I mean, because buying a house, that's the biggest biggest investment you're ever going to make for the mo- for most right. people. So I take it right. extremely seriously. Um, and so it's very meaningful for me. Let me ask you this, Doug. So, you know, you you kind of went up through the ranks of, obviously, the military. You know what it's like to be a veteran. You know what it's like to use your VA loan. You also know what it's like to be on the other side where you're originating these VA loans. So you see veterans that may not have an understanding like you do. If you were to recommend the top three things, and I know this puts you kind of in a a tight spot to ask you a question like this, but I'm going to do it anyways because that's what friends do. Um, Right. If you can think of the top three things that you would recommend to a veteran to do prior to starting the home buying process, what would you recommend to them? I would well. I would recommend that they get with a knowledgeable lender if they're planning on using either way, because because we we both know that you know they may or not may not be qualified for entitlement when they're when they start looking. So they need right. to they need to get with a, a reputable knowledgeable lender to see where they're at, see if they pre-qualify, see if they're ready to purchase a home. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't recommend going out looking for homes and then finding one and then going to talk to a lender because then you're just wasting right. your time. Um, well, so, I, you know, would you recommend the it? number of, uh, sorry, I was just saying, I know there's a little delay here and I apologize for that. It's, you know, the internet cable's only so long through Utah, but um, <laughs> would you recommend that that person has their loan officer pool their certificate of eligibility basically at the same yeah. time that they pull credit? Um, I usually pull the certificate before I pull credit Um, because a a lot of times guys will say, I want to use my VA loan, um, but my credit is this. Well, I I say, okay, first let's see, you've already established that you want to use your VA loan loan entitlement. So let let me just verify that you're eligible. So that's the very first thing I do. Um, then once we, you know, learn if they've got entitlement or not, then I tell them they'll have to wait, you know, whatever the time frame is. Or I'll say, you know what, it says here you're qualified. And you can gain a lot from that COE before you even pull credit. You can you can see if they're going to be, you know, exempt from the funding fee, how much they're getting in, in uh, disability. Uh, there's just a ton of information you can pull off that COE before you even start, you know, pulling credit. Right, right. Good, good, good. So get the COE, take a look at it, see if there's now now disability rating. Um, how does that affect somebody that's trying to get a VA loan? I I know how it does, but obviously the listener listening on the other end has no idea. What what does that do for our veterans if they have a disability rating? If they have a disability rating, um, then then they're waived from that required funding fee. Um, that's where the entitlement comes from. Is is if, if if you don't have a service-related disability, you have to pay a funding fee, um, and that's where they pull the money in case you know another veteran 
forecloses, and the the lender has to be. It's almost like an insurance policy. So gotcha. So one, the funding fee is waived, and two, you know, that's income that you can use towards the ratios and the qualification. Right. Right. And not to make this too boring, obviously the listeners love to hear about uh, veteran benefits and everything else, um, you uh-huh. know, but I don't want to get too technical on things. But I do want to ask you another semi-related question. What about okay. realtors? Because these are the people that you typically see that, and no offense against most realtors, but some realtors you see that never ask about veteran benefits. Um, they turn down VA loans. I have a feeling inside me that, if you turn down a veteran offer because of the fact that they're a, it's a VA loan and it's too difficult, you're just not a patriot. You know, you're just not doing what you should do because there's a misunderstanding when it comes to VA loans in itself, which we'll talk about that in a whole different um, right. conversation. But, but what would you tell a realtor to keep in mind when interacting with a veteran? What would you say, you know, hey, this is the number one question you should ask. If you had one question that everybody, every realtor that came across a veteran or a client, what would that one question be? Well, first of all, it would be, are you or your spouse a veteran? If they don't know if they're Why a veteran spouse? or not yet. Why because, a spouse, though? Because, because, because a, a soldier, airman, marine, or, or seaman can be a male or a female. So if you're talking to a male, don't assume don't assume that his wife wasn't in the military and he was. It could be on the reverse where she was she was a Marine Corps you know drill sergeant, and he was you know bagging groceries somewhere. So yeah, that, that's, it's that's so a, awesome. That's a, that's a one that's one way to to piss off and offend a veteran. Yeah, absolutely. That it's so awesome to see that come through, you know, when the woman's the veteran, when the woman's been the one, you know, let's, let's face it, dude, women are badasses nowadays, you know, and yeah. to, to discount and not think a woman serve is the complete wrong thing to think. I mean, you know, I've, I've ran into quite a few women that were veterans that would kick a man's ass up and down the street, you know, if it came down to it. So yeah, don't ever forget to ask you or your spouse or you and your significant other, um, you know, because women serve and they do a, an incredible job of doing so. Um, yeah. And, so let me and ask, you may also, sorry, let me just break in real quick. You may also find out that both the person you're talking to and their, their spouse were both veterans. Then you have to, right. then you'll know, you know, one of them may have a service-related disability where the other one doesn't. That will tell you, you know, which, you know, who's got the, the funding fee waived versus who doesn't. So you could pick or choose which person you'd put uh, or use entitlement from in order to get that waiver of the funding fee is what you're saying. Yeah, they still have to qualify, though, for the loan with right. income and asset right. credit. But, yes. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so, Doug, I have to ask this question. You know, you're a man that served. You're a man that's seen many faces, many places. Um, you have a family, you have a beautiful family, uh, an amazing wife. What is it that drives you each and every day to get up, to keep pushing, to keep doing what you're doing, to serve veterans? What is it that that makes Doug Cook move? Um, I, I think it's to be relevant in my own eyes, if that makes any sense. Um, 
I have I, never been so real, honest with myself, humble, um, caring, open, um, as I as I have been in my entire life since my separation. It's it's almost like I'm re not 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 that I was a liar or anything before, just that big of a life altering event. Um, you know, going from the military and being on autopilot for that long to being vulnerable, being, hum- you know, humbled. Because um, it's a big ego killer to go from a senior non-commissioned officer to a nobody overnight. So I, I, to answer right. your question, it's just, just be dug. Just just be the per- be, be honest with myself, be true to myself, but at the same time make a difference in, the, in people's lives. Absolutely. And, and I think you're selling yourself short. Uh, you know, I've heard you say it a couple of times. You know, you said you go from non-commissioned officer to being nothing. What you have to realize on your end, Doug, is that a lot of people value you as a friend. Obviously, your wife values you as a husband. Your community values you as a soldier and a hero. You know, yes, you lost the stripes, but you still have the scars. Um, right. You know, and, and you didn't even lose the stripes. You retired the stripes. It wasn't like they were stripped from you. So the experience. You know, the fact that my children can sleep at night without having to worry if a terrorist is coming down my road or if a, a Bradley tank strike, I don't even know if they drive Bradleys anymore. But, you know, the, the fact that I can put my kids to bed without, you know, worrying about the enemy taking over our area is partially attributed to you. So you may have served, you may have earned your stripes, and you may have retired those stripes. But you're damn the furthest thing from a nobody. I'm honored every day to call you a friend because you're an amazing person. And I know I speak for myself. I know I speak for at least a dozen other people that I know that we look at our friend Doug Cook as being a, a great treasure to us as a point of knowledge as in a, and, and a friend in general. So don't tell yourself short. I know it's hard to do, but, you know, you've earned the stripes. You retired the stripes. You didn't give them up, but you still have the scars you know, you're still a person that everybody values. And, and I'm sure your family feels the same way. I'm sure anybody that comes in contact with you, I mean, you and I bonded within a matter of minutes, you know, it was like, yeah, you were like my lost love life person or something. There's nothing wrong with that. No homo. I know, but I'm just, don't ask, don't tell. So. <laughs> well, well, thank, thank you, brother. I always appreciate your, your confidence in me and your kind words. It, it really does mean a lot to me. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's just you're a genuine person. You know, the the things you do for veterans, the things you do for the people around you, you know, people like that are very hard to find. I'm always humbled with, you know, because I look at you and I'm like, this dude's a fucking, he's a hero. He's this, he's that. Like, I'd be the guy that would make everyone in the bar buy you a round of drinks if you drank that much. But, you know, because to me, you're something much bigger than what you see in yourself. And, and I don't like, you know... I don't want you to sell yourself short ever and think that it's something different than what it is because it's not, you know. And I think yeah. people like Johnny Fowler would agree with that. Hell, I think even Myatt Hancock would agree with that. You know, we're humbled to know a person that's um, dedicated over half their life to serve this country. And I've told you this once, and I'll tell you this again. You know, I thank you for your service. I thank you for, um, like I said, knowing that my children live in a free America that – you strap your boots on, sick, not sick, sleep, no sleep. You never made an excuse, and you put your boots on, and you did what you had to do, no matter what was going on. And for that, we owe you. So 
So I, I'm grateful and thankful for that. And I'm sure every one of our listeners are too. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. So we're getting ready to wrap this thing up. Um, is there any last message that you want to toss in there for our listeners, for our veterans, Anybody, anything that you want to toss in that maybe I skipped over or overlooked? Um, just, it, just me speaking to my fellow veterans, uh, educate yourself. Um, there's a lot of junk on, on social media and on the Internet about, you know, um, refinance your house, all this, these crazy rates, and you don't, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of bait and switch going there. So educate yourself and by, by aligning yourself with a credible, knowledgeable lender. And, and you know, they'll take care of you. There's, there's just a lot of misinformation and lack of knowledge in that area, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Are you only licensed in Utah? Um, currently, but I'm working on getting my license in Nevada, Arizona, um, and a few other places. Yeah. So if I want, if I was in Utah, I wanted to reach out to Mr. Doug Cook. I could go to what website and what email could I email you at if I wanted to reach out and say, "Hey, Doug, you know what? I listen to you on the show. I need your help. How could I reach you?" Okay, you can you can go uh, online to thevetsvet.com, or you could email me at thevetsvet at gmail.com. So it's T-A-G-E-V-E-T-S-V-E-T dot com. Awesome. Awesome. Doug, I want to thank you yeah. so much, not only for being on this show today, taking the time. I know it was kind of a, we were pushing times around. I had a million things going on this morning. I, I had to spend some time out of the office yesterday, which took up, took away from some of my time. Um, I want to thank you so much for being on this. I want to thank you so much for being such a great friend, a person that I can turn to, a person that I look up to you. Most of all, I want to thank you for doing everything you've done in, in your service to this country. It's, it's something we appreciate. So um, I just want to thank, thank you, you for, for having me on. Getting... Yes, sir. I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. Those of you that are listening, thank you so much for tuning in. Look out for our next week's podcast. Uh, I am going to have a gentleman on that does cybersecurity. So if you're ever wondering about, you know, your banking information or how things get lost or things get stolen, definitely tune in. Once again, thanks to our friend Doug Cook, loan officer out in Utah, uh, thevetsvet.com if you want to reach out to him, if you want to tell him thanks, anything like that. Thanks for tuning in. Doug, as soon as I end this episode, it's going to end the call with you, but I'm going to give you a buzz after this. I'll talk to you soon, bud. Okay. Thank you, brother. All right, brother. Advancements in technology, shifting markets, and the gig economy are changing the nature of work. With this in mind, Harvard Business School Executive Education is launching a new program on managing the future of work. Based on the latest research into the forces reshaping workforce demographics, this program is designed to help employers remain competitive by thinking strategically about today's evolving business landscape. Learn more by clicking the banner or visiting hbs.me future. That's hbs.me future.